gospel reading for this evening comes from Luke chapter 16, verses 19 through 31. There was a rich man who was dressed in purple and fine linen and who feasted sumptuously every day. And at, his, and at his gate lay a poor man named Lazarus, covered with sores, who longed to satisfy his hunger with what fell from the rich man's table. Even the dogs would come and lick his sores. The poor man died and was carried away by the angels to be with Abraham. The rich man also died and was buried. In Hades, where he was being tormented, he looked up and saw Abraham far away with Lazarus by his side. He called out, Father Abraham, have mercy on me and send Lazarus to dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue, for I am in agony in these flames. But Abraham said, Child, remember that during your lifetime you received your good things, and Lazarus, in like manner, evil things. And now he's comforted here, and you are in agony. Besides all this, between you and us, a great chasm has been fixed, so that those who might want to pass from here to you cannot do so. And no one can cross from there to us. He said, Then, Father, I beg you to send him to my father's house. For I have five brothers, and he may warn them, so that they will not also come into this place of torment. Abraham replied, They have Moses and the prophets. They should listen to them. He said, No, Father Abraham, but if someone goes to them from the dead, they will repent. He said to him, If they don't listen to Moses and the prophets, neither will they be convinced, even if someone rises from the dead. The word of the Lord. Something there is that doesn't love a wall, that sends the frozen ground swell under it and spills the upper boulders in the sun and makes gaps even two can pass abreast. The work of hunters is another thing. I've come after them and made repair where they have not left one stone on another stone. But they would not have that rabbit out of hiding to please the yelping dogs. The gaps, I mean. No one else has seen them made or heard them made, but at spring mending time, we find them there. I let my neighbor know beyond the hill, and on a day we meet and we walk the line, and we set the wall between us once again. We keep the wall between us as we go. The each, the boulders that have fallen to each, and some are loaves and some nearly balls, and we have to use a spell to make them balance. Stay where they are until our backs are turned. We wear our fingers rough handling them. Oh, just another kind of outdoor game, one on a side. It comes to little more. There where it is, we do not need the wall. He's all pine, and I'm apple orchard. My maple trees will never get across. And the, eat the cones under his pines, I tell him. He only says, Good fences make good neighbors. Spring is the mischief in me, and I wonder if I could put this notion in his head. Why do they make good neighbors? Isn't it where there are cows? But here there are no cows. Before I built a wall, I'd ask 
to know what I was walling in or walling out, and to whom I was likely to give offense. Something there is that doesn't love a wall, that wants it down. I could say elves to him, but it's not elves exactly, and I'd rather he see it for himself. I see him there, bringing the stone, grafts firmly by the top, each in a hand, like an old stone savage, armed. He moves in darkness, as it seems to me, not out of woods, only in the shade of trees. He will not go behind his father's saying, and he likes to have thought of it so well, he says it again. Good fences make good neighbors. Why do they make good neighbors? Isn't it where there are cows? But here there are no cows. Before I built a wall, I'd ask to know what I was walling in or walling out, or to whom I was like to give offense. Something there is that doesn't love a wall, that wants it down. Just another game, one on a side, it comes to nothing more, really. On one side, the rich man, clothed in purple and making merry every day. On the other side is the poor man, covered in sores, the dogs licking at the open wounds, wanting only to eat the crumbs from the table of the rich man's daily feasts. On the inside is the rich man. On the outside is poor Lazarus. But there is a gate. Without a gate, there is no grace. Brandenburg, Lazarus lay outside this gate. A gate can let people in, but a gate can also let you out. There is a separation in this story. On the one side is life. On the other side is death. In the story, things are one way on this side, and they're reversed on the other side. There is a great chasm. On the one side, the rich man is in torment in the fire. On the other side is the poor man in the bosom of Abraham, rock of my soul. Rich man to Father Abraham, send Lazarus. All I want is that drip that falls from his finger to cool my tongue. Father Abraham to rich man, no Brandenburg, no grace. Between us and you, a great chasm has been fixed so that who wishes to cross over from here to you would not be able to, nor can they come from there to us. Let's clarify. The rich man is rich. What did he do to get rich? Nothing. In the first century world, one does not change social status. There is no pulling oneself up by one's bootstraps, no earning one's way up the social ladder. You gotta dance with the rung who brung ya. He was born that way, purple. He was royalty. The poor man was poor. What did he do to get poor? Nothing. He was born that way. Noticeably absent in this story, but often inferred, noticeably from this story, but often inferred by the modern reader. In this story, any moral righteousness or sinfulness ascribed to the rich man or Lazarus is not there. A modern reader often assumes when they read this story that the rich man is a transgressor of the law and the poor man is righteous by virtue of his vulnerability. Wrong assumption. The assumption of the first century here of this story would have been the opposite. The rich man is rich, the rich man is righteous by virtue of his richness. 
The poor man is a sinner by virtue of his being covered in sores. What did the rich man do to land in Hades? Nothing. What did the poor Lazarus do to be taken up in the bosom of Abraham? Nothing. Those first hearers would have been scandalized. The rich man is made to suffer, is condemned for no reason, an eternity of torment, and he has not been accused of transgressing any law. The first hearers would not be scandalized by Lazarus, condemned to live a life of suffering before he was even born, before he had the chance to transgress the law. Funny. That's just the way it is. In life, by an accident of birth, the rich man gets to make merry every day. In life, by an accident of birth, poor Lazarus suffers outside the gate with the dogs tormenting him. In the next life, rich man suffers tormented by fire. In the next life, poor Lazarus lives luxuriantly in the bosom of Abraham. That's just the way it is. Why do they make good neighbors? What to make of this parable world? I don't like it. I mean, this parable world. What if the real world was like this? What if by some accident of birth, some were born into prosperity, and some by accident of birth were born into suffering? By accident of birth, some were born to privilege, and some born to poverty. What kind of world would that be to live in? By chance and not by sin, some were beautiful and comfortable and confident and smart. And by some, some by chance and not by sin, were unattractive, irritating, scared, and not that smart. An observer of this kind of world could not judge the privileged as righteous. One could not judge the socially impoverished as guilty, especially knowing that in the next life it could be reversed. What put one on this side of the wall and one on that side of the wall? Chance? And in the next life, one on this side of the pine trees and the other side of the apple orchard? Chance? In a world like that, all one can hope for is a gap in the wall. There is something that does not love a wall, Something there is that does not love a wall that sends the frozen ground swell under it and spills upper boulders in the sun and makes gaps even two can pass abreast. Now there is a gap, a gate. Then the chasm is fixed. But the rich man never saw the gate, never went outside the gate with a crumb for the poor man. If a gate goes unseen and unused, is it even there? If a gap is seen and one is only moved to bring a stone grasped firmly by the bottom in each hand like an old stone savage armed moving in darkness, good fences make good neighbors. He will not go behind his father's saying. Father Abraham says to the rich man, between us, you And us, a great chasm has been fixed so that no one who wishes to cross over from here to you would be able to, nor can they cross from us to there. Why has a great chasm been fixed? Go behind the word of your father. He put Jesus' body in a new tomb that he'd cut out of a wall of rock. 
Something there is that doesn't love a wall, that sends the frozen ground swell under it and spills the upper boulders into the sun and makes gaps even two can pass abreast. <laughs> 